Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by Lines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at Friday night, two games to choose from here in the NBA playoffs. We are going to be talking about our best bets in this video. We also have a player props video up with those uh, as we continue to fire out those player props in all these playoff games. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along. Also head to thelines.com. You can check out all of the great written content that we have up there on the site right now and use that odds finder tool that we're using each and every day to make sure that we're getting the best odds available to us from all of these books that we're giving us bets in the NBA uh, postseason. I'm going to run through real quick, Nate, just a little bit how we did actually a couple nights ago. Now we're recording this uh, on the 4th. So talking about May the 3rd, actually here where the Celtics and 76ers squared off in game two. Uh, I mean, the 76ers forgot to show up. The the Celtics were fantastic on offense. We got uh, plenty of best bets right there. Did really well. A couple of the uh, parlays that we were trying to get there with the player performance doubles and such did not come through. Tatum had an incredibly weird game with seven points and seven rebounds, despite this team winning by what, like nearly 40 points, which was wild. So uh, a weird game, man. We'll, we'll move on from that one. I think uh, we, we've got some good stuff to talk about in this one between uh, the game three of this matchup, as well as game three between Phoenix and Denver back in Phoenix, Sands, Chris Paul. But let's go ahead and jump right into your first best bet for the night on Friday. Yeah, I am taking Celtics money line here, which was even when I started looking at this, but people are are definitely betting that now they're minus two and the money line's getting worse. I was going to put also a half unit on Celtics to win by under 10 points. Uh, Plus 195 is where I saw that at. Maybe you want to go harder on that um, or or even look at either team to win by less than 10 in this game. Because I just, the one thing I think is we're not going to get another blowout. That was clearly a weird game, as Josh said, in terms of Philly both kind of throwing it away, but also playing in beads so they could kind of get used to playing with him again. So he could kind of get a little bit of rhythm, a little bit of conditioning and the Celtics just being like, I don't care what you're doing. Uh, we got to win this game. And it's really a Celtics team that doesn't really bring it unless they're presented with a challenge. I think, I mean, I forgot to mention before game two, uh, when we knew Embiid was going to be out that Grandy, the, the Celtics play-by-play guy on the radio was like, here's, here's a list of the the times the Celtics have played a team without their star and they lost every single one of those games, including by like 20 points half the time. Uh, so yeah, they, they obviously lapsed. I mean, I'm referring to game one, I guess when Embiid was yeah. out, obviously lapsed there with him back in there. I mean, with or without him, like they weren't letting James Harden go off on them again, like that, like no way, no how. Um, and then it's really just about the offense. Like the Celtics really are, when you look at Tatum having his lowest total of the game and they score 121. Uh, they really are an all-star team. Like there's, there's, that's why there's no excuses. That's why it does kind of fall on Missoula if things aren't going right. Cause it's like, they have so much talent, man. And all they really have to do is get the right actions, make a few extra passes is, is attack both in and out. And even though Embiid was able to protect the rim, like they were able to just move it around and, and his presence kind of was, a, it was in some ways a positive for them because it forced them to shoot more threes, which is where they are at their best. Uh, they're at their best when they don't turn the ball over either. They're now 18 and five this season when, when committing less than 10, they only had six and, and then they're turning Philly over because the, the spacing is kind of awkward with Embiid back in there at times. Um, I mean, these whole playoffs, yeah, they're averaging 11 turnovers to 19 and a half assists. 
but it are, are the, are the Sixers. That's pretty much what they've done in their last six regular season against the Celtics. I mentioned how Brooklyn had scored the highest percentage of points off turnovers when they were facing, facing the Sixers and, and getting a high percentage of assisted threes. So it, it all lines up for the Celtics to play their game and, and play it well. Uh, it's just a question of, yeah, the mental toughness, sort of the weird intangibles that you see with this Celtics team where sometimes they just befuddlingly throw games away. But I don't think this is one of those spots where they're not going to be sharp. And that's mostly because what happens before the game, right? And B gets his trophy for MVP. The Sixers crowd is going to be raucous. It's going to feel like a Eastern Conference Finals game. Uh, I mean, and, or or bigger. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. And the Celtics should be sharp, and that's why I trust them to win a close one. We're on the same page here. Uh, I was talking about this a bit earlier uh, with some guys. Where I was talking about, you know, there was a Philly fan uh, that I was that I was in in the chat who was talking about how he felt really good about Game Three. And I was just like, man, I, I don't know how to tell you how much I, I disagree with you. When, when you put the Celtics at minus one and a half, basically a pick em, um against this 76ers team, that tells me what I need to know about how the, the Celtics are going to come prepared for this game. I hate, as I know you do, seeing, well, let me put it this way. I don't care what happens to the Celtics, but if I'm betting on them, I hate it when I see a plus 10 uh, or minus 10 in their favor sort of spread because of of the lack the lack of sort of, yeah, like you said, mental fortitude, the mental, uh, like, you know, focus, if you will, uh, on the game. And and I, I think it's interesting because uh, a big part of, of what happened between game one and two was, you know, in game one, I'm not going to discredit them for trying to go to the rim the way that they did. They they had 62 points in the paint. They they were shooting everywhere, either inside of five feet or outside of 25 feet, right? Like that was their shot chart. Um, and, and that caused a lot of turnovers because we talked about how the, too often guys like Tatum and Brown, even Marcus Smart, just kind of drive into the middle of the lane without a plan. They don't know where they're going. They're just going to look for shooters. And, and, you know, Philly was able to quickly gather that information and use it. But then at, after they started, you know, standing around three-point line a bit more with, with you know, cutters but still um playing a lot more four high for for the celtics and, and keeping the ball moving around the perimeter and once they start going in then it was just like a barrage from that point and, and credit them for um you know using their bench the way they did but here's where i'm going to go into my my second bet as i segue into or my first bet as i segue into it our second if you will uh boston philly under uh 214 right now it's three points less than it was before game one when there was a bit more um you know le- obscurity around whether or not Embiid was playing or how good he would be I think there's less obscurity now I think he's gonna play but I think it's gonna be the same chunky awkwardness at least especially on the Philly end that it was in game two because of the fact that he's not they can't go through him in the post that's that's where he's the most dangerous that's how he scored 52 on the dub on the dub, on the Celtics earlier in the season when he kind of cemented himself as the MVP it, it, it was all it was in the paint it was getting post touches it was go, obviously going to the line a, a ton and he went to the line like eight times in the first you know whatever 14 minutes of the game uh overall but like that he he didn't have it down low in a way that made you i mean he got two uh four of his free throw attempts from like you know shots that were about 15 feet that he got fouled on uh not necessarily going to the rim and being able to do that so i think that's a big you know downplay for them i I was saying before this this game uh in a number of places including the article i wrote about you know some props that like my favorite thing about philly boston game two was live bet the under um and as soon as you see what kind of Embiid we're getting um and you know what he's going to do to the offense and also what as soon as you see what type of Harden we're getting you talked about the awkwardness of this offense that's predicated 
on James Harden standing in half at half court next to the scorers table every single time that Embiid's on the floor and he doesn't have the ball. And it was like an almost like sulkiness to the way he was playing, where it was like, I'll just throw the ball to Maxi, let him do his thing, and then go literally walk to half court and go stand up touching that half court and out of bounds line. Like just, I don't know if he thinks he's helping out by bringing Jalen Brown out there and being like, well, now Jalen Brown's not playing defense. It's like, yeah, but now their second best offensive player on your team is is a minus to everybody because you're just impacting the spacing in a way that reminds me of eighth grade basketball. It's bananas. So, you know, all, all the things we I, we talked about before game two, I, I'm just going to briefly repeat for why I like it to go under in game one. With Joel, the pace just slows down a ton. With Joel in this series, uh, in the last four that he's played, the pace is at a 91.88, including last night where when he was in a game it was at like a 94 pace like congrats it's still super slow um below 94 for this game as well in my opinion the celtics uh they scored way less on the road at uh during the season five points less than at home in the playoffs that's different because they were playing the hawks at home and that's what the hawks do right and now they're going to play a philly team on, on, at home that uh does actually play better defense at home scores a few more a few less and plays slower so like this is just another great opportunity for for this one to go under in my opinion uh and 214 doesn't scare me down from 217 because i I hit 214 live twice, including under 210 twice in that game to make up for how freaking awful Al Horford and James Harden were in my props plays. <laughs> uh, yeah, Harden gets you again. Look, I disagree about Embiid not necessarily having a good offensive game, but honestly, he could have 40 points and this game could still go under. It's just the, the gravitational pull he has on the game makes it that different type of tempo. You talked about the pace. It just, he he affects the game defensively. It's why we were so big on the over for game one with him out is because guys like Maxie and Harden, yeah, are relegated to just like, just hang out on the wing. Tobias is just sit in the corner. Maybe you'll get a catch and shoot three. It's just guys not being involved, involved and, and indeed getting his, but that that kind of disrupts the entire tempo of the game on both yeah. ends, really. Um, and yeah, the Celtics being an under team on the road versus their explosion at home. I do agree, and and I agree. If it's a close game, you're going to get that under too. So there's there's definitely yeah. some angles to play in terms of. I, I should I should also add Rob will will have to be out there more. You saw him in game two have a really nice game. He's probably get more than the 22 minutes he played in that one because of the fact that Embiid wasn't needed past you know the middle of the third quarter. He was already pretty much done. So Rob will wasn't really playing too much uh, at that point anyway. Got most of his minutes in the first half. So I, I think you'll see more of him. And it's interesting. We were actually on the over up until what like. 15 minutes before recording our podcast before game two, because that's what Embiid was announced in. And then we were like, all right, pivot, pivot to the under. And here's why we go under. Uh, so it's another case of that for us, but let's move on to your next pick yeah. here. Yeah, no, good point. Rob will, that means again, the game will be played inside the three point arc, which is just math for in terms of the over. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the Suns to come out strong or, or really for Katie and Booker to lead the way. So I'm going to take a KD parlay. Um, KD going down swinging, if you will. Um, 30 plus points, three threes, eight rebounds is plus 395. I think you can also go two threes, which he hit in the last game, two for 12. And that's about plus 260 if you want to play it a bit, a bit safer. Um, he does have three threes, I think, in five of his last six playoff home games. He did go 0 for 4 in one of these with the Suns. But other than that, hit at least three threes in the two home against the Clips. And look, he shot 10 for 27 in game two. The Suns played a great defensive game. It seemed like they were going to be able to win it, but they just missed shots that they usually make. In fact, like second spectrum tracks KD for shooting 70, 
worse than he would have shot. And typically, like two for 12 is not going to happen from a guy who, who just hits 50, 40, 90 splits in his sleep. I had talked about Aaron Gordon, you know, it, the three coming into the series. He had averaged 40 a game on 58-52 shooting against him. Um, and, and in the playoffs at home since he since he came back from injury, 31.5 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, uh, 2.73. So, again, we're right around there where you, I don't know if you want two or three. He has hoisted 17 in those three games with Phoenix is what I'm mentioning. But look at this difference in usage. I mean, he still had 28.5 a game against the Clippers in that series, playing 44 minutes, but 24% usage as he was kind of, you know, deferring. They knew they had that series with given the Clippers situation, right? He, he was just still deferring to Booker, trying to make everybody happy. He knows like it, from the jump in this Denver series, like I've got to be KD like I was in Brooklyn, even though I have a co-star and I'm not dealing with like nobody around me, but 32% usage in these first two games and also 11 rebounds per game because he also has to be the best rebounder with Aiden just not necessarily holding his own down there. So I think, yeah, I, I, I kind of trust all of these. I mean, Booker still to get his. I, I don't know if you want to parlay both those guys. Some books offer those guys to combine for 60. I would hit that aggressively because Chris Paul's out, of course, uh, and the Suns already had nobody else to score the basketball. Like Chris Paul wasn't scoring. Anyway, um, so it's these two guys who are going to take, you know, close to 30 shots each in a must-win game at home. I, I trust them to score. They're, they're incredible offense players. Yeah, I'm, 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 not, I'm just I'm not disagreeing necessarily. I'm just kind of off trying to get ahead of, of the Katie Booker stuff. Like, I mean, yeah, I expect them. Chris Paul's out. I mean, I don't think Katie loves taking, you know, 25 to 30 shots a game. I, I know he doesn't. I mean, he's one of the more efficient scorers of all time, top of one of the best best scorers of all time. But he's not a volume scorer necessarily. Uh, I don't think he likes it. And, and I just think he's so important on defense. And so is Booker at this point, especially that like against that Denver offense, that's just wearing you out with its style of play on that end of the floor. I'm just a little bit scared about which one is going to have it more or less in, in each night. So rather than kind of go through those bets specifically, which I, I'm, I have personally less confidence in, uh, I'm just kind of going with Denver. Um, and, and here's the, the play, like the money line is plus 160 for them. Two thoughts here. Like, one, they either win or lose this game, which means if they lose this game, I think that money line goes down for game uh, four. But I should preface this all with, I mean, I'm picking them in five. So to make money on the next three, I'm just going to hit their money line <laughs> no matter what because I think they're going to win two of the next three. So I'm this is a consistent play for me. But playing this game three with them to win the, on the money line is, 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 is a little bit of a, a nice inherent hedge in the sense that, like, I win this bet cool. I'm good on that. I'll keep doing it. Cause I think they're going to win one of the next two. I lose this bet. Fine. I'm just going to keep hitting it. Um, and the, the plus money that I'm probably still going to get, even though it goes down still gives me some winnings, uh, either way. So I, I believe in them to win two of the next three and I'm going to continue to believe in it. CP three's out, man. So like, you know, I, sorry, I should also say like for this bet, like I just took a, a nice little easy joker to get 12. You could even get joker to hit uh, 11 boards in this one and parlay that with their money line. And that's like my bet at 12 boards gets you to 215 plus 215. But if you wanted a little bit less down to about plus one 
160 um, or excuse me, plus 185 because him to get 11 boards is so likely um, that like, you know, I still think it's, it's a, it's a safe bet and it jukes up your, your money line a little bit. Like he's, he's getting 11 boards. So um, as far as the, the overall game and, and rest of this series in general, man, like, CP3 is not coming back unless there's like a game six. And I don't think there will be, even if they win one of these, although the sweep is much more alive than it was um, before CP3's injury in game uh, game two there. Now we're talking about uh, campaign, Josh Okogie, uh, Damian Lee, Landry Shamit splitting those CP3 minutes. And they are all at 119 individual defensive ratings or worse in this series uh, and over their last four. So like, good luck with that when you've got, you know, two great players and five very good players on one team um and guys like Bruce Brown uh coming off the bench even KCP in the starting lineup even Christian Brown like I just seems a little bit more trustworthy than like Josh Okoji right now or Kogi um and even Damian Lee had some nice games throughout the regular season and has not been it for them in this one uh Landry Shamet's been their worst defensive player and, and has actually the worst net rating uh for them in these playoffs the bench points it's it's easy to talk about there was 30 in non-garbage time minutes for the the Suns uh, excuse me, for the Nuggets uh, over the first two games. Uh, that's compared to 10 over, or excuse me, 20 over the first two games for the the Suns there. And now their bench thins even more. You might have to see more Jock Landell at times if they need to like go with size uh, to, to make up for, you know, CP3's minutes rather than try to get more, you know, uh, playmaking since most of the playmaking is going to be either the two big dudes uh, in, in Devin or uh, KD or campaign out there. And I mean, I know you'll talk about him in player props, but I still don't really trust him unless he's playing against the Los Angeles Clippers because that's a team he crushes but Denver's finally bringing the D I trusted a lot more than what I was seeing earlier um, and even when they weren't trying against Minnesota they still were able to play really great D against them 102 defensive rating in the last two their offense was dog shit in game two Denver and they still were able to really hold this team because there's just two guys that they have to guard both of whom were playing 44 minutes I just don't think that's a great uh, recipe for for success at this point losing CB3 just sort of put the nail in the coffin for me yeah, notice how I did not put Sun's money line in that parlay with, with Durant. Uh, I am not trusting that to happen. I have a hard time imagining these guys getting swept when I think about the two alphas at the top of the roster. But when I think about the rest of the roster, I I, I don't necessarily trust them at all. But it's home, it, now we're coming home, and role players tend to step up, and that is why I like campaign. His props only at 10 points. And, like, look, they got to step up. I think they will to a degree. We've seen Denver lapse, like the way they finished the regular season. I, I think this is a gentleman's sweep, the way you put it. Yeah, so I think it makes sense to just bet bet them to win any of the next three, uh, however you slice it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bet them to win all the next three. So you just kind of play the odds there rather than try to guess the right one. That's kind of my, my strategy there. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're on the same page. And, and I think it's interesting because it's narrative – over um you know narrative over logic here and 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 logic sort of defies the narrative even if if part of that narrative is the team coming home down 2-0 wins because they're fighting for their lives uh the team you know that's that's down 2-0 um is is going to come through and 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 not the team that's up 2-0 is going to let up a bit but like I, i just i think just overall talent and the way basketball is played especially by denver is going to prevail in this one so that's all the time we have for you in our best bets video make sure to like and subscribe to that page you can also check out the play of props we got for you until we see you next happy betting